and we're going to be exposing Ron DeSantis today. Uh, but we, that's not the only thing we're going to cover. We got a couple of stories. We've got a lot of news about Twitter for some reason, uh, but most of it relates to election interference. We're going to talk about um, RFK, RFK a little bit. He's going to be joining Elon Musk and I think Jack Dorsey to talk about his 2024 campaign, much like uh, was extended to Ron DeSantis last week. So they're going to be doing the same thing with RFK at 2 p.m. And that's definitely going to be interesting. But the bigger story, the main story today is the fact that Ron DeSantis's campaign has been exposed for blatantly gaming the Twitter community notes uh, to try to stifle the speech of Trump's campaign, uh, people like Liz Harrington and Trump supporters from being able to you know, post tweets without being fact-checked. Basically, they're manipulating the entire conversation on Twitter in favor of DeSantis. And we've got the receipts. And last but not least, another election fraud-related story. We're going to talk about this Gateway Punnett report uh, about the Inspector General, this report that was released from the Postal Service regarding Jesse Morgan. So the Postal Service uh, completely vindicates truck driver Jesse Morgan, who claimed after the 2020 election that he transported hundreds of thousands of completed ballots from uh, New York to Pennsylvania uh, across state lines, which never should have happened. And so now we have a report which basically vindicates and confirms that that actually happened. Very interesting stuff. So we'll get into all of it, but make sure to first smash that rumble button and check out nicklovesgold.com. We have already seen disastrous economic policies under the Biden administration, never-ending war, skyrocketing inflation, bank collapses, and now our taxes are going to go up trillions of dollars. We just watched rhino Kevin McCarthy cave to the Democrats and stab us all in the back and allow a $4.7 trillion increase in new taxes. This raise to the debt ceiling is going to skyrocket the already insanely high national debt, and it's hard to imagine what this is going to do to our economy and to our country. That's why it's critical to protect your savings with gold and silver. Don't wait until it's too late. There's a reason why I decided to partner with GoldCo, and the reason is because they're the top-rated precious metals company with an amazing reputation, and they've already helped place over $1 billion in precious metals. And right now, they're giving up to $10,000 in free silver, plus a free Ronald Reagan silver coin to all customers who qualify. Visit NickLovesGold.com right now to learn how you can protect your savings. And make sure to tell them that I referred you so you can get your Ronald Reagan silver coin. Visit NickLovesGold.com. That's NickLovesGold.com. All right, so we'll get to the Ron DeSantis story. But first, let's just briefly talk about RFK Jr. So, again, at 2 p.m., I think it's Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time, whatever the hell time zone I'm in, at 2 p.m., at some time, um, RFK Jr. is going to have his own Twitter space, and he's going to promote his campaign and talk about his policies, just like Ron DeSantis did the other day, where he allegedly broke the internet. Remember that? Um, and then he proceeded, after breaking the internet, to give the most lackluster, boring, and robotic speech ever in American history, right? And uh, it was a complete and utter failure. And that's evidenced by the fact that since he announced his campaign, his polling numbers have actually gone down, which is absolutely pathetic. I mean, I was interested to see what was going to happen after he announced, because we saw that Ron DeSantis slowly but surely lost his momentum after the midterms, 
and began trailing uh, Donald Trump. Right? And I was like, all right, well, let's wait and see what happens once he actually announces. So he did his big announcement, and he's actually polling lower than he was before he announced. And actually, there was a recent poll that showed Donald Trump 20% above DeSantis in his own state, which is absolutely pathetic. You can't even... I mean, the people in your own state don't want you as president. And I think it's because of, you know, there's a shared sentiment amongst a lot of us here in Florida who just went out and voted for Ron DeSantis to serve a four-year term as governor. But now he wants to just basically spit in the face of all the people that contributed to his campaign, worked on his campaign, went to the polls and voted for him, and he's trying to take down Donald Trump, and nobody likes that. Nobody's supportive of that. So... Uh, he's losing in his own state. Absolutely pathetic, right? And so, you know, I think at this point, pretty much nothing can stop Donald Trump from securing the nomination. Even if Jack Smith or the grand jury uh, investigation, which they Fannie Willis says they're going to be bringing RICO charges against Trump, even if that occurs, even if they throw Trump in prison, I still think that Donald Trump can defeat DeSantis from a jail cell. It's pretty much a done deal. Now, that said, okay, forget about DeSantis for a minute. I'm actually pretty interested to, to tune into RFK Jr. today and see what he has to say. I want to see how this goes down because, for one, I want to see how his viewership rivals Ron DeSantis. They say that DeSantis had over, like, 500,000 live viewers and basically broke the internet, right? So it'll be interesting to see what kind of traction... And how much traffic RFK Jr. can pull in the same sort of domain. Although, I have to be fair, it's not really a fair comparison because Ron DeSantis, after teasing everybody for months, finally announced his campaign on a Twitter space. And RFK Jr. already announced over a month ago. So it's not, it's it's kind of apples to oranges, but it'll still be interesting. And, you know, really, at the end of the day, I just want to see what he has to say. And I want to see the public's response because and you guys know my stance on RFK Jr. I'm not voting for the guy under pretty much no circumstances would I vote for the guy because of his rhetoric about the second amendment and the fact that he spent most of his career as an environmental lawyer and pushes a lot of the green new deal policy which is something I'm diametrically opposed to it's a non-negotiable um so I'm not going to vote for the guy but I still think him being in the race is a good thing. You know, he's running as a Democrat, right? And his a, a bulk of his campaign platform is abolishing the FBI and the three-letter agencies and completely disrupt, disrupting and uprooting the federal bureaucracy, which has systematically corrupted and destroyed the United States as an institution. And so I really can't help but want to see this guy succeed, especially... When you see that the deep state, the media, and the DNC are working tirelessly to try to stifle the guy and prevent any meaningful challenge to their decrepit uh, incumbent Joe Biden, right? They want to. They want Joe Biden to be a shoe in They don't want any challengers. They're not allowing debates. And they want to usurp the will of the people. The DNC wants to control... Who becomes the Democratic frontrunner? They're not allowing the actual voters to decide on who's the frontrunner, right? And I think it it's kind of a, a strategy that, see, with DeSantis challenging Trump, 
What that's going to do is force Trump to bleed resources in the primaries. He's going to have to spend millions of dollars and bleed the resources from his war chest that he would otherwise be able to save and use all of that money in the general election. But because DeSantis has decided to, you know, take up the sword and try to take down Donald Trump, now Trump has to waste a bunch of money. And so the the Democrats are, uh, I guess you would say, a bit smarter. You know, they, they don't want any of these, they don't want Gavin Newsom or anybody stepping up to the plate because they don't want to waste money. They want to save all that money to for the general election, right? And so, uh, you know, they're trying to stifle any challengers to Joe Biden for numerous nefarious reasons. The other reasons are obvious that it's because Joe Biden is completely compromised and corrupt and you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's selling out the country to China, so why would we why would we want to replace him with somebody else who may not be completely compromised by Xi Jinping, right? So it's like a tenfold reasoning for why they don't want any challengers. But the the point is they're trying to completely sideline RFK Jr., a candidate whose last name is Kennedy and who's polling by some estimates over twenty percent against the incumbent. And even though it's Joe Biden, the power of the incumbent is actually pretty powerful. So the fact that RFK Jr. is amassing a following and amassing support, and it continues to rise every time a new poll comes out, you know, the fact that they're trying to sideline him, it it, it kind of makes me want to root for the guy. Because ultimately, I know that he's not actually going to be the Democratic nominee. There's zero chance that that's going to happen. They're, they're obviously going to rig and game the system against him, no matter how popular he gets. I mean, it doesn't matter how popular he gets. He could trail Joe Biden by 50%, and they're still going to rig the election. You know, but, but here's the thing. I think it's a net positive if this guy becomes extremely popular and forces them to rig an election against him. You know, it could, it could actually serve as a catalyst to wake up a lot of people to what we've been screaming about for years, although it already did happen to Bernie Sanders, and you know the the Democrats alleged that Donald Trump rigged the election in 2016. So it's not like the Democrats haven't had their own dose of fraud, actual fraud against Bernie Sanders, and allegations of fraud against Donald Trump, which were unfounded. But still, a lot of Democrats have already been. Uh, told that elections are rigged numerous times so maybe i'm just maybe it's just hopium but i i I still think that it could be a net positive if rfk jr becomes extremely popular you know now i briefly i briefly want to touch on this you got this guy jack dorsey right old old beanie beardy weirdo guy the former ceo of twitter endorsing RFK Jr. This this came out yesterday. He said uh, that he believes that RFK Jr. can and will defeat Donald Trump. <laughs> and so he, he not only believes that RFK Jr. can win in the primaries, but he also believes that he can defeat Donald Trump, which is just absolutely absurd and very bizarre. You know, I can't understand this one for the life of me because this is the same guy, Jack Dorsey, under his reign, when he was the CEO of Twitter, was silencing RFK Jr. for his stance on the vaccines. So now you want to turn around and endorse the guy? 
and become like his biggest supporter, that doesn't make a lot of sense. The only possible thing I could come up with for why Dorsey might be supporting RFK Jr. is simply because he's not Trump. <laughs> That's the only thing I could come up with. You got Elon Musk uh, supporting DeSantis and you got Dorsey supporting RFK Jr. And at the end of the day, the really important thing here is that neither of those guys are Donald Trump. And it's also possible that it could have something to do with the fact that RFK Jr. is a big pusher of the Green New Deal stuff. Again, he spent most of his career as an environmental lawyer, and uh, he's big on wind and solar, right? So, So maybe that has something to do with it. But it just doesn't make sense, you know? The Twitter files, it was revealed that they were suppressing and shadow banning RFK Jr. So maybe Jack Dorsey had nothing to do with that and wasn't aware of it, but I find that hard to believe. And so if he was part of censoring RFK Jr., it just doesn't make any sense. Now, what would be really interesting and what would make me laugh my ass off, literally, is if in this Twitter space, because I think Jack Dorsey is going to be joining in with Elon Musk, if RFK Jr. calls out Jack Dorsey for censoring him. Now that, that would just give me uh, a damn heart attack. That would be hilarious. I would love, (laughs) that would be absolutely hilarious. Okay, but, you know, at the end of the day, and I'll say this and then we'll move on. If anything, Jack Dorsey endorsing RFK Jr., If anything, it just gives me a little pause about RFK Jr. and this idea that he's a populist um, and he actually wants to take down down the deep state because Jack Dorsey's the guy that censored the sitting president. He censored Donald Trump while he was the sitting president. This is a guy that believes free speech is more of a suggestion than a constitutional amendment. And if he believes that RFK Jr. is the guy... Well, that should give us uh, uh, some second thoughts here. Okay, so that's all I want to say. I'm going to be tuning in. I'm not going to live stream it, but I'll probably have something to say about it tomorrow or whenever we go live again. As you know, I've gotten rid of the schedule, so (laughs) to be determined. But I'll probably have a lot to say about it. I'm, I'm very interested to see it. Now, let's talk about this Ron DeSantis story that most of you probably came here for. Okay, so I actually posted on Telegram yesterday... Hey, I'm going live tomorrow. You know, what are the subjects that you want me to talk about? And there was a lot of people that wanted me to talk about Carrie Lake and stuff like that. And I'm like, "Eh, what's there to say? She's appealing. We already talked about all the reasons she's appealing. But then I saw J-Dog-E-S-Q, J-Dog-E-S-Q on Twitter, you know, if you want to follow the guy. He suggested that I talk about Ron DeSantis' campaign manipulating the Twitter community notes. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so I decided to look into it. And boy, was it interesting, okay, to say the least. So it appears that the community note system has been hijacked to some degree by the DeSantis campaign and is now being weaponized to stifle uh, the Trump campaign and Trump supporters from being able to put out messages criticizing DeSantis without being fact-checked, okay? And this, I would say, is some form of election interference. And a lot of people are calling on Elon Musk to address it to no avail. I believe it's gotten to him. I believe it's been brought to his attention. But so far, no action has been taken, which isn't really surprising because Elon is a big DeSantis guy. 
and uh, you know this benefits his preferred candidate. So not surprising that he hasn't taken any action. Now, we have some accusations, right? And I'm going to pull them up here in a moment, that this manipulation is being driven by the DeSantis campaign itself. This does appear to be the case upon investigation. And so I'm going to pull up this Twitter thread that exposes this and, and brings the receipts. But before we proceed, I figured I would give a brief explanation of what Twitter community notes are, because some of you guys aren't even on Twitter. And so just briefly, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on what it actually is. So community notes, for those of you that don't know, it's basically like an open-sourced fact-checking apparatus, right? It's supposed to be different than the traditional legacy media fact-checking uh, based on the fact that it's open-source and community-driven, right? So it sounds like a good thing. It's not like, you know, PolitiFact or the Washington Post, which is these fact-checking organizations that are owned by a small handful of people that receive government funding and they have a heavy left-wing bias and, you know, they fact-check things like vaccine misinformation while receiving money from Big Pharma to do so. So Community Notes is not like that. Um, pretty much anybody is allowed to become a participant in the Community Notes. They have to apply for it, and if they meet certain criteria, they'll be accepted, and then they can add notes to tweets which they think are misleading or missing context, you know? Now... You can probably already see how this can be problematic because it can be easily manipulated. Twitter has to approve the applications. So at the end of the day, who the, the people that are allowed to be participants in the community notes feature are only the people that have been hand-selected by Twitter. It doesn't matter that anybody can apply to be a part of the community notes. What really matters is that Twitter gets to control who gets accepted into the community. So you can already see how this could easily be manipulated. Um, but but they, they claim that this is like the greatest feature on earth. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to pr promote uh, transparency and trust and gives the community an opportunity to, uh, you know, participate in keeping the platform, the information on the platform uh, credible, Right. So, they have a ranking system, and the ranking system is supposed to consider all viewpoints from all angles, right, in, an, in a completely unbiased way. In fact, what, what it's supposed to do is it, it... Okay, so let's say I were a member of the Community Notes community, and I saw a tweet which said that the 2020 election was free and fair. And so I decided to, <laughs> to fact-check it and type up a note and submit that. Well, it's not going to appear under that tweet just because I wrote the note. What has to happen is that multiple people in the community all have to agree that the tweet is missing context or it's misleading. And in fact, the system is supposed to have... So, it, in order for a, uh, a note to appear under a tweet, there has to be at least two people with opposing viewpoints that have disagreed with the, each other, and I don't know how they keep track of that, but they have to have disagreed with each other in the past, and those two people have to agree on the community note in order for it to appear under a tweet. So again, it all sounds good in theory, but really it's just a fancy way 
of manipulating the Twitter conversation and fact-checking under a different name and trying to appear like you're serving the greater good. In reality, a free speech platform should not have any form of fact-checking whatsoever. Okay, just allow a free domain of ideas and allow good ideas to snuff out the bad ideas. That's the idea of a public town square. If I was to go to a public, like a literal public town square and start spreading misinformation, there's not going to be some some guy come up next to me and, and, and fact check me and hold up a sign over my head that, you know, beware, this guy's an idiot. And you shouldn't trust what he says. That's not how it works. Good ideas are the best antidote to bad ideas. There's no need for fact-checking, but don't let me get on a rant here. Okay, what we have, all of that was a preface for the story that I'm about to share with you. What we have is evidence that this system, the community notes feature, is being used by the DeSantis campaign to manipulate the 2024 election conversation. So let's talk about that and let's pull up this thread that I've been teasing you with for like 10 minutes. So this is from Chief Trumpster. Chief Trumpster. He did a thread on this. And so uh, now that we've got that pulled up, let's talk about the highlights here. So this all centers around a Twitter account called Note Needed. All right. Now, Note Needed is a private group of Notes members. And Note Needed includes... Ron DeSantis staffers such as Christina Pouchol and Jeremy Redfern. They're, they're both in the group, amongst others, that work directly on the DeSantis campaign. And so this thread goes on to talk about how basically they've created a conglomerate of t- like 4,000 Twitter Notes members that are all pro-DeSantis. And again, this is a private group that only accepts people that are Community Notes members and DeSantis supporters. There was actually another thread where somebody said, I tried to join as a Trump supporter and I was denied. So then I switched my affiliation to make it look like I was a DeSantis supporter and I was immediately accepted. (laughs) So (laughs) it's the same person. All they had to do was change from a Trump supporter to a DeSantis supporter and they were accepted into this group. And so what they're doing, the reason they've created this group is they're using this Twitter page as a landing base so that they can coordinate and uh, work together to flag posts that they want to be fact-checked. And then what they do, once they've flagged a post, is they all get together and gang up on the tweet. And so, because of the way the Twitter notes uh, system works, when there's a massive influx of fact-checkers, submitting notes under the same tweet, then the community note system accepts this because it believes that there's a consensus or it believes that there's a lot of people who feel that the the tweet is missing context or is misleading. So then the note appears under the tweet. And we have all these receipts that a lot of the community notes, which are being accepted, are coming from the DeSantis super PAC. They're being... They're being authored by the DeSantis Super PAC. And if you look at some of the examples, uh, you have examples. Here's one from Laura Loomer, who says community notes are such a joke. It's obvious that it's being used to help Ron DeSantis get elected. Whenever Trump supporters show evidence that the DeSantis accounts are lying, 
blah, 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 blah. So Laura Loomer is criticizing the community notes for being biased towards DeSantis and the community notes community added context to that tweet to say it's misleading. You also have community... Uh, I'm getting tongue-tied today for some reason. You, you also have community notes appearing under people like Harry Sison and Gavin Newsom and Vivek Ramaswamy. So it's not just... It's not just anti-Trump. It's pro-DeSantis. Anything that criticizes DeSantis, they're flagging it and they're adding context to it. Okay? So this is all very concerning. And it's not at all in line with how this system is supposed to be used. It's a complete and total manipulation of the system. And in fact, I believe it's a violation of the Twitter terms of service. So, Elon Musk has an obligation to address this and so far, he hasn't done it. And here's the worst part about all this. Let's go back to the first tweet. They're not even denying it. They're openly admitting that they're doing this. Look. So, somebody accused this account of being biased towards Ron DeSantis. Here's what they say. One, do you think that's true? And two, let's say it is true. Is it a bad thing? Remember, this is a note. This is not an official Twitter account. It's run by a handful of Community Notes members on a strictly volunteer basis. Well, that's debatable because when you have multiple uh, DeSantis staffers being involved in this operation, I wouldn't call that a volunteer basis. I would say these people are obviously being paid for by the DeSantis campaign to participate in this. So they're not volunteers. And is it a bad thing? Well, yes, it is a bad thing because this is not how this system is supposed to be used, and you're using it to manipulate the conversation on Twitter and influence the 2024 election. Okay, now, um, let's see. So, you know, they're not even hiding it, and we, we've already shown a couple of examples of tweets which, which they're flagging, right? And what this reminds me of, effectively what they've done here, is they've created a microcosm of the censorship apparatus that was used in the 2020 election with these NGOs and the legacy media PolitiFact and Washington Post, you know, those fact checkers. It kind of reminds me of the Election Integrity Partnership, which we've covered extensively on this channel and how they meddled in the 2020 election. They set up private portals where, you know, people that were participants could flag certain tweets and then that would get sent directly to uh, Twitter and they would they would silence people, right? So it's basically the same thing. They've set up a portal for flagging tweets, but instead of actually removing the tweets, it allows a gang of pro-DeSantis community notes members to gang up on the tweet and fact check it. Right? This is this is very very corrupt. And it's it's I would allege that it's being paid for by the DeSantis campaign. You know? And the problem here, I know what a lot of you guys are probably thinking. Well, you know, uh, most people just look at fact checks and immediately disregard them because they know that they're partisan and you can't trust fact checkers, right? But but the problem is there's actually a majority, well, I don't know if it's a majority, but a large percentage of people on Twitter that are skeptical of traditional fact checkers but actually believe that the Twitter notes system is more trustworthy and reliable because it's open source and because it's community-based and because they trust Elon Musk 
and his commitment to defending free speech. So this is a different mechanism that's being used to manipulate an election, and a lot of people haven't uh, caught on to that yet. So do I think that this can have a meaningful impact? To a degree, I do. And it's very problematic, you know? And so this has been brought to the attention of Elon Musk, and he's yet to do anything about it. So I wanted to bring it to your attention so you can continue to drive this home and spread this like wildfire. Now, before we move on to the story about Jesse Morgan, be sure to smash that rumble button and check out the sponsor of this show, My Patriot Supply. Are you concerned about having enough food to eat in case of a sudden emergency? Grocery stores can get stripped bare within hours, and if you don't have backup food on hand, you might find yourself standing in food lines. Don't let that happen. My Patriot Supply is making a special offer to help everyone prepare for what might be coming. Right now, you can go to preparewithnickbocedar.com and get a three-month emergency food kit plus a free water filtration system. So no matter what happens, you have access to clean water to drink with and cook your food with. Your three-month food kit gives you a wide variety of delicious meals, and it provides over 2,000 calories a day, which is highly important for keeping up your energy. Order today and get your free gravity-powered water filtration system, a $279 value as a bonus gift. The food kit and your water filter are all shipped to your doorstep in discreet boxes with free shipping included. Go to preparewithnickmoseeder.com. That's preparewithnickmoseeder.com. All right, so check this out. We've got a, a, an article from the Gateway Pundit that we're going to be basing this story on. The Gateway Pundit article says, Postal Service releases final report. Contract driver Jesse Morgan, excuse me, vindicated. Report confirms he hauled trailer of ballots from New York to Pennsylvania in late October 2020. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you guys. I wouldn't necessarily say that it completely vindicates Jesse Morgan, but it damn near comes close. It's pretty shocking that the Postal uh, Service in- in- Inspector General would release a report like this. Um, and so now, you know, just to refresh your, your memory, we all remember Jesse Morgan's testimony back in 2020 about transporting those hundreds of thousands of completed ballots across state lines. He said that he loaded up in Bethpage, New York, with 24 boxes, or, or gaylords, he called them, containing plastic trays of completed ballots that were stacked on top of each other. And he said that he saw with his own eyes that these were completed envelopes that were filled out with handwritten return addresses, right? And so, without giving it too much thought, I mean, this guy was a, a truck driver, he didn't think much of, you know, uh, hauling these ballots across state lines. But he took the ballots from Bethpage, New York, to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And that's where the truck was supposed to be unloaded. However, instead of unloading the truck, he was forced to wait for six hours before the transportation supervisor finally called him and told him to deliver the ballots to Lancaster instead. And he was perplexed by this. He's like, I'm supposed to drop these off in Harrisburg. And not only is that weird, but you had me wait here for six hours. And he tried to get a receipt form, like an overtime slip, to confirm that he sat there for six hours. So one, he could get paid. And two, in case there was a screw up, he could, you know, prove that it had nothing to do with him. Because he was thinking, I know this is supposed to get dropped off in Harrisburg. So if you're telling me to go to Lancaster and I get there and they're telling me that this has to go back to Harrisburg, I'm going to be pissed. So he wanted a receipt form, a slip, proving that he was being instructed to do this, and they refused to give it to him, all right? So uh, he ultimately went to Lancaster with his trailer, 
And he says that when he arrived, his trailer mysteriously disappeared. This was one of the biggest bombshells that followed the 2020 election. You have hundreds of thousands of ballots going across state lines to one of the swing states, which had some of the most unbelievable numbers of any state. We saw Trump ahead by over 750,000 votes on election night. And then the next day, somehow Biden clears that impossible margin and he wins Pennsylvania. After you know going to Pennsylvania and saying, I'm going to ban fracking, I'm going to lock you down and raise your taxes. Like, it didn't make any sense. Everybody knew something happened. We all knew it. And uh, Jesse Morgan's testimony just confirmed that. And you would have thought that the DOJ, under um, Attorney General Bill Barr, would have been interested in, in finding out what the hell happened here and find out whether or not, at the very least, find out whether or not Jesse Morgan was credible. But as it turned out, we later learned that Attorney General Bill Barr, not only did he refuse to investigate this, but he actually instructed the U.S. Attorney in Pennsylvania to drop the whole thing. And so, that said, now we have reports um, that the Post Office Inspector General basically... Here's what, here's what happened, right? So after Bill Barr refused to investigate it, the post office inspector general, they did their own internal investigation. And they completed this like over a year ago, but they kept it from the public for safety concerns, right? Now, suddenly, for whatever reason, nobody knows why, they finally released a redacted version to the public. And again, it, it basically confirms what we already said. Um... And it's weird because first you have YouTube reversing their 2020 election misinformation policy and saying they're going to allow allegations of fraud, glitches, and errors about 2020 to stay on their platform. And now you have this admission, right? Now, now to be fair, okay, if you read the actual report, the inspector general doesn't exactly say that Morgan transferred completed ballots across state lines, Okay. They don't go that far. And if anybody's perpetuating that they, you know, that they've completely admitted that Jesse Morgan transferred uh, completed ballots, they're lying to you or they haven't read the report. What he does say in this report is that, quote, Morgan was a subcontractor driver who took mail from Bethpage to Harrisburg and then to Lancaster. Okay, that's one of the direct quotes. And while that doesn't seem like much, the Postal Service, if you'll remember, initially denied ever sending him from uh, Harrisburg to Lancaster, right? They, they tried to act like the whole thing never happened. So now, at the very least, we know that the whole part about him stopping for six hours in Harrisburg and then going to a second location, that very strange phenomenon, actually appears to be true. And they also confirm... Uh, at a different part in the report, that there was a printing company that transferred hundreds of thousands of ballots from New York to Pennsylvania right around the same time. But they've redacted the name of the printing company, and they're saying that basically we have no chain of custody on the paper trail of this shipment of ballots. Like, they don't know what specific truck was actually used to transport those ballots. They can't seem to confirm that, which is absolutely absurd. And either they're completely incompetent. You mean to tell me you have no way of tracking or tracing 
which truck transported hundreds of thousands of ballots from a printing company to a board of elections in Pennsylvania? That doesn't seem right. They know they're just not telling us. But the point is we have two big admissions here. Okay, first of all, we know Jesse Morgan went to Harrisburg and then to Lancaster. And we also know that there was a massive shipment of ballots uh, shipment of ballots from New York to PA. Now, the main problem here is they're not actually admitting that these were filled out completed ballots. They're basically saying that, yeah, you know, there's there's printing companies in New York that uh, supplied the 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 blank ballots to jurisdictions in Pennsylvania, and that's not illegal. Transporting completed ballots across state lines would be illegal, but that's not what they're admitting to. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist here to put two and two together. We're talking about something that occurred in October 20th, on October 20th specifically, 2020. Okay? And so there's no way, there's no possible way that they were just printing a massive amount of blank ballots and and shipping them to Pennsylvania that late in the game because the early voting period was already well underway and they were approaching the deadline. So how, how are you, you know, printing blank ballots, I'm assuming mail-in ballots, to be shipped to Pennsylvania in October, late October 2020? That doesn't make sense. There's no way. And so I'm inclined to believe what Jesse Morgan said. These were envelopes that were filled out with return addresses on them that were transported across state lines and mysteriously disappeared and then were injected into the count, you know? Um, So I wanted to share this with you guys. It's unlikely, of course, that anything substantial is going to come from this in terms of accountability, but it is important to talk about it because there's still a large swath of people who continue to deny the evidence that the 2020 election was stolen. So there you have it, folks. And uh, as always, be sure to smash that rumble button. Check us out on Telegram and, of course, on Twitter. The links are in the description. And, of course, check out MyPillow.com, baby. Enter promo code Nick. Save a ton of money. See Bernie 85 says, shoot, I'm late. Yeah, you're pretty late, man. I was wrapping this bad boy up. But you can always hit the rewind button after we close it down. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to go live tomorrow around the same time. Well, maybe a little bit later because me and the wife like to work out on on Tuesdays and whatnot. So in the afternoon, we'll go live. (laughs) We'll set something up. I definitely want to talk about RFK Jr.'s uh, Twitter space, which is going to go down in less than one hour. All right. So uh, if you're not subscribed already, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Thanks for watching. And I will see you next time.